Welcome to Project Give Back Connects, an extension of Project Give Back in the classrooms, dedicated to inspiring young students to become empathetic, understanding, and community-minded leaders. Project Give Back Connects offers a dose of inspiration and thoughts for discussion. Each live episode is taped and shared with classroom teachers and their students. Sit back, get cozy, let's get connected. Hi everyone, it's so nice to see you and welcome back to our fifth episode. I can't believe we've already, this is our fifth episode. Tonight is all about appreciation and mindfulness. And, you know, thinking of this year of 2020, I can't think of anything more important. You know, when our lives are just a bit out of control, um, there's, we can control two things. We can control our thoughts and we can control our actions. And appreciation is key to our thoughts and getting through tough, tough times. You know, I, I think of Jakey and, and I think he couldn't see, he couldn't walk, he couldn't talk, he couldn't move, but yet appreciation was something he could do and he was a master at it. He appreciated everything and everyone around him and taught us that, he taught us that skill. And it is, it's a skill, it's something we have to master. But when you do master that mindset, boy, is life in a beautiful light and you see the world so differently. So today we have a real treat. We have uh, my friend, Marianne, who's here today. She, uh, we first met at a Kayla class when our kids were really young. We went in a music class and just met her. And right away, you know those people when you just meet them and you, you're just in love with them right away. They just have this energy, this spark. There's just something about them. Well, we hit it off right away. And she is someone who preaches what she practices and practices what she preaches. She's, um, when we met, she was a social worker and taking care of severe burn uh, victims at, at, I think, Sunnybrook, I believe it was. Yeah, Sunnybrook. So, but now she's a mindful psychotherapist. She's a motivational speaker. She's a holistic life coach. She's a yoga and meditation teacher. And she's just plain awesome. So everyone, please meet Marianne. Hi, Mayor. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, Ellen, and it is my absolute privilege to be here today with you and with your Project Give Back family. Um, really, this is an honor um, to be asked to come to speak with you today about a subject that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, and that I feel is extremely important. So any opportunity that I get invited to come and talk to an audience about gratitude and appreciation, I appreciate it. So thank you. And Ellen is a person who I have learned so much from and is a teacher of mine. And truly, 
witnessing Ellen, she is walking gratitude. She is walking appreciation. And so I know that when I'm talking to you, I'm preaching to the choir and I imagine because this is your community that you are very appreciative and I know that you are. So this hopefully will give you some additional pieces of information. And hopefully at the end, I'll give you some tools that maybe you can practice and to expand your gratitude and appreciation toolkit. Because especially right now with what is going on, I call 2000, I call 2020 trigger fest. Trigger fest 2020, because if you have a trigger, a stress trigger, it's up. Have you noticed? And we're all at home, yes. I noticed. And we're all at home and we're all in quarantine and we have stress and we have worry thoughts. Does anyone here have any worry thoughts ever? You know, and that I know in other episodes, you've talked about anxiety and you've talked about worry thoughts. And I truly believe that to cope with 2020, the number one life hack brain hack that I can give you is gratitude. Because what's really incredible about gratitude is that it 100% will change the neurochemistry of your brain. So this isn't like, ooh, gratitude, this is so woo woo, and oh, she's talking about gratitude again. There is such hard science right now that is being revealed by so many major institutions and medical centers, because what we come to understand is this thing called gratitude somehow helps us, and not just in one area of our lives, in literally all areas of our lives. This is what's so incredible about gratitude. If you change a habit in one place of your life, for example, if you say, I'm gonna change my habit of eating um, junk food, right? That will improve your health. If you say, I'm gonna improve my study habits, that will help with school. The amazing thing about the habit of gratitude is that it translates literally to all aspects of your life. That's how cool it is and how transformative it is in people's lives. And I've witnessed it in my own private practice. As Ellen said, I'm a psychotherapist and I really call myself a stressologist. So as she told you, I've worked in a burn unit, I've worked in a trauma program, I've worked in AIDS units, I'm an AIDS social worker, and I've dealt with people who have had an inordinate amount of stress. And so I really, my professional life has been focused on helping people with stress and helping people develop what I call self-regulation tools so that when you're stressed, worried, overwhelmed, anxious, you have a plan and you know what to do. Like a trigger should never be a sneak attack. You should know what your triggers are and when they come, you should have a plan to know what to do. Right? So part of what I work with people on is helping them to create a plan. And that's what we're gonna do tonight. So what I invite you to do right now is I want you to think about this question. This is a game called, do you? Okay, so here are my questions for you to answer for yourself. Do you feel blessed or burdened? 
Do you feel worried or calm? Do you feel fearful or loving? Do you feel joyful or sour? Do you feel safe or at risk? Now, I ask you those questions just to get you thinking, right? Because what we know is that most of us have developed a really bad habit. And that bad habit is that we're always looking to the negative. We're always looking to what can go wrong. We're always sort of like focusing on the things that we don't wanna focus on. And what I wanna share with you is that that's normal. We have what's called a negativity bias. Did you know that? It's in the neurosciences, and we're talking about this a lot, that our brain has a negativity bias. And when I share this with people, they feel great relief because they're like, oh, it's not just me. I, I think I'm a pretty happy person. I'm a pretty optimistic person. I'm a pretty hopeful person. Why is it that my mind always goes to the negative or what could go wrong? And I've come here to share with you that that's normal. And that is the way your brain was designed to keep you alive. So you've probably heard of fight or flight stress response. Yes, fight or flight, meaning when we get stressed, we go into fight or flight. And that's a good thing. When we have stress, we, the reason why you're here is because your ancestors were really good at fight or flight. And they were able to get away from a saber-toothed tiger if it jumped out and was chasing them. However, here's the problem. Now our brains are still like a 1.0 version because we're always scanning our environment for what could go wrong. Did you know that? We're always looking around, looking out to see, is there a saber-toothed tiger that's going to jump out at me and eat me? Literally, that is the way our brains are wired. And so we are always going to the negative. But here's the problem. Can you be happy if your brain is always looking around for the negative? No. And then we wonder why we're having a really hard time being happy. This elusive thing that we all want, happiness, right? I wanna be happy. I want my kids to be happy. I want my mom to be happy. I want everyone to be happy. But can I be happy if my brain is always scanning and looking for what could go wrong? No, it can't. So we need to, and why everyone's studying the neuroscience of gratitude is because we have to rewire our brains, create new neural pathways. Instead of looking for what can go wrong, we have to rewire our brains to look for what is going right. And if you're on this call right now, even if you're in COVID, even if they just locked down Toronto, even if we don't know when we're getting a vaccination, et cetera, I guarantee you, you have a lot that's going right in your life. You have eyes and you can see me. You have ears and you can hear me. You have a computer device, which many people on the planet don't have, or a smartphone. There's a lot that's going right. Yeah. 
So it is critically important as Ellen said in her introduction, to begin the practice of rewiring our brains to looking for what is going right. Okay, so I wanna do an exercise with you to really show you what I mean by what our brains do, okay? So I'm gonna invite you, and so as Ellen said, I am a mindfulness teacher, so when I give workshops, they're usually experiential. So what I wanna invite you to do is I just wanna invite you to, and you can close down your eyes or not, but I want you to imagine that in front of you, you see a garden, a beautiful garden, like a garden of Eden. You can inhale for a count of two and exhale for a count of four, if you like. Inhale for a count of two and exhale for a count of four. And I want you to visualize a beautiful garden and see yourself in this garden looking around. And whatever you're looking at, I want you to imagine that your brain is watering it like a watering can. All of a sudden out of the corner of your eye, you notice a weed and your brain starts watering that weed. And then you begin to notice that there's another weed beside that and another weed beside that. And you're looking at a big patch of weeds in your beautiful garden. And then all of a sudden out of the corner of your eye, you see a beautiful flower, your favorite flower. And as you're looking at it, your brain is beginning to water that flower. And because you're watering it, what do you see? You see another flower next to it and then another flower next to that. Until you can see a beautiful patch of stunning flowers, your favorite flowers in the whole wide world, and it brings you so much joy. Now I invite you to inhale deeply and exhale completely. So what we do when we look at something like our problems, we're watering them. And then what happens is that they grow. And it's really, really important that we start watering the things that are going well in our lives so that those things can grow. And those are also better feeling thoughts. So I have a few tips before I, you know, sort of wind up. I have a few tips that I want to share with you in um, enhancing your gratitude practice, which you probably already have one, but it is super, super important. So here are some practical steps you could take to infuse routines of gratitude into your life. So Number one, and you probably have already heard of it, heard this so many times. However, if you have never done it, right now in COVID, in 2020, in lockdown, it is the time to create a gratitude journal. Now, Oprah Winfrey has access to every self-help tool, has said that it was the most powerful thing she's ever done for herself in her life. So I think that's pretty good. So starting a gratitude journal, and writing down three things that you're grateful for, OK? 
okay? Every single morning when you wake up. And if you wanna put it in the notes section of your phone, that's fine. I like having my clients write it down. Putting it on your phone is an amazing tool. So starting a gratitude journal, and you can also write in it right before you go to sleep. Usually we have worry thoughts before we go to sleep. Write down what you're grateful for before you go to sleep. Okay, and that it puts you in a good feeling state. Next, make it a practice to tell a friend, partner, or spouse something that you appreciate about them every day. Okay, look in the mirror when brushing your teeth and think of something you have done well recently or something you like about yourself. Gratitude for yourself. Write a thank you note and express your enjoyment and appreciation of people that have impacted your life. And what a great time right now, maybe if you're a kid to send a note to a teacher who's been working so hard in hybrid school and getting things online. I love sending thank you notes to people and they always appreciate it. Grab a gratitude buddy, get a buddy and text three things you're grateful for to a friend and ask that friend to keep you accountable for your new practice. And a last one's called a gratitude rampage. This comes from Esther Hicks and I love this. If someone irritates you like a friend or someone that you live with irritates you, you think, oh, she's irritating me. And then you think, what am I grateful for? And you start a gratitude rampage. And what I mean, it's hard to get into, but you're like, I'm so grateful that my friend Sharon, you know, is always kind to me. I'm so grateful my friend Sharon, you know, calls me and she always knows when I need that for a telephone call. She might, I'm so grateful for my friend because she is coming to visit me over Thanksgiving weekend. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. It sounds ridiculous, but it works. Okay, so those are some of my tips around um, bringing more gratitude into your lives. And it's super important that you water the flowers of your life, what's going well, as opposed to watering the weeds. And I'm gonna close with one quick story if I may, and then I'm gonna wrap up. Am I taking too much time, Ellen, is it okay? Okay, so in closing everybody, um, this is a story about a Cherokee grandfather, Native American grandfather, who's talking to his grandson. And the grandfather says, there are two wolves that live inside of me. And they are in a fight with one another. And one wolf is evil. He's malicious and he is fearful and he is angry and vengeful. And there's another wolf that lives inside of me who is loving and kind and compassionate and is um, grateful. And they're fighting. And the grandson thinks about it and looks at his grandfather and says, Grandpa, which wolf will win? And the grandfather says, the one that you feed. So, which wolf are you feeding? Are you feeding the good wolf? Are you watering the flowers? Or are you feeding the bad wolf? And are you watering the weeds? My blessing for you is that in COVID 2020,
in the time that we have remaining of this year, may you make this a time to practice watering the flowers and feeding the good wolf. And I promise you, it will change your life in all domains. Thank you for having me, Alan. Thank you, everybody. Nice to meet you. Mayor, thank you so, so much. Told you guys, she's absolute sunshine. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your practice. And we, you are the medicine we need. A vaccine would be nice too, but that, that was just, that was so wonderful. Thanks, Marianne. Really appreciate it. So everyone, I want to tell you about something. As you know, on Sundays was, it was music days in our house. And when Jacob was, it still is actually, but when Jacob was alive, we would often get calls by many young people saying, hey, can I come and sing the Jakey? Well, Abby and Sarah used to call us and they came for years. They came on Sundays. These are two uh, dynamic sisters. They're identical twins and they've been singing together since they were nine. They're so good that the Ellen DeGeneres show even asked them to come on board. And not only are they good, they are so kind and so wonderful. And uh, they're singing my favorite original that they wrote. So welcome, Abby and Sarah. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Ellen, for having us and for those kind words. We're super excited to be here um, and to sing for you guys. So I just want to start by saying um, that it can be almost too easy to get caught up in the superficial aspects of life. I often find myself worrying about things like whether my shirt goes well with a pair of pants or if I'm having a bad hair day or if I'm getting enough likes on an Instagram post. Little things that shouldn't matter that I get so caught up in can make me forget what's truly important. Um, Abby and I have been lucky enough to play for Jacob many times um, over the past couple of years. And just being in Jacob's company and watching how happy the music made him really grounded both of us. Um, it reminded us of everything that really matters and all that we have in life. And after a session of playing for Jacob, I would feel so happy and fulfilled and all my previous superficial problems would fall away. The appreciation for all the good in my life would come flooding back. It is important to remind yourself of all that you are grateful for. I know that I feel so much better after I take even a few moments to reflect on everything that I have to be happy about and to live for. So we're going to play an original song called Believe. It reminds us that although there is so much going on in the world, it is important to stop and be grateful and to believe. I hope you guys like it.
Oh, oh my gosh. You guys, I just love you guys so much. Thank you for giving your gift away the way you do. I hope you do that forever. Mary Ann's going like this. Uh, that was so amazing. Thank you guys. Whew. Okay. So uh, we always have a segment, what we call the shining star. And it's always a young person who's really making a mark and making a difference. So this young man, Alex Seligman, he started his philanthropic journey at 13 years old. Now he's a student at Western and he's doing awesome things. So hi, Alex, welcome. Hey, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Ellen. I'm super honored to be here and hope everyone's doing well throughout this COVID time. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Alex. Thank you so much for the introduction, Ellen, and those kind words. Um, but yeah, I'm a student at Western University, and I am studying business, and I'm super passionate um, about photography and philanthropy and music. And um, I think it's, it's really important to, to have those passions and find things that really speak to you and find ways that those things can also go back and help the community. So I think at a very young age, my grandfather, who's super involved with the Paralympic Games, he was a photographer at the Paralympic Games, took me out to um, one of the events that was in Canada. And it was one of my earliest memories. I was maybe around four or five years old. And I remember just seeing a bunch of Paralympians and how hard they worked and seeing all that at such a young age kind of opened my eyes to philanthropy um, super young. And growing up, I tried to get involved with philanthropy as much as I could. I think some of the first kind of things that I would were, was doing for philanthropy was Compete for the Cure, where in throughout all throughout high school, I was a team captain at my school where I'd have to bring people together and get them to raise money for pancreatic cancer. And that was a really, really fun experience. And I learned so much from it. And throughout high school at the same time, I also got involved with this charity organization called Parasport Ontario. And Parasport is an organization that helps the disabled community get back um, through sports and bring people together through sports, which I am super passionate about as well. And I volunteered at Parasport and throughout, you know, all their events and stuff, just helping out and inviting my friends to come and help out. And I thought I really wanted to create my own initiative through Parasport. So when I came to university, one of my passions was planning events and bringing people together through music and, and food. And I, I wanted to create an event that, you know, I can bring people together and to have a good time and also to raise money for a great cause. So I started the first ever sledge hockey tournament for Parasport at Western. And we basically, you know, had some ambassadors uh, on the Canadian sledge hockey team come down and, and play sledge hockey with a bunch of people that signed up. And it was a super fun experience. And seeing, you know, how hard these, these athletes worked is, is really, really amazing and inspiring. And so um, through that and seeing and seeing all the things that 
um, I have through Parasport and through my grandfather's inspiration, I wanted to create another event that also is speaks like close to home because I, I have a passion for golf. And so I started a, um, a golf tournament called for the boys. And it's a tournament that happens every single summer where all me and my friends come kind of come together and, and make teams of four and the winner of each tournament gets to choose where the money gets donated to. And my goal with that, with that uh, charity tournament is eventually when, you know, I'm, I'm 50, 60 years old, I want to be able to look back over however many years it's been going on for and hopefully raise millions and millions of dollars throughout many different charity organizations um, over the world and, and, and just give back as much as possible because I think it's so important um, to do that. And yeah, I mean, when I was, when I was younger, I had so much energy and I found that being able to put my energy into something productive and something that I'm passionate about really allowed me to, to, you know, hone in on, on what's important. And I think with planning events and, and, and giving back to the community for, for young people watching this, I want you know, you, you to take a second and, and really think like what you're passionate about and what really speaks to home for you and try to find a way that you can merge that with giving back to the community. So, you know, if you're passionate about music, maybe host a concert with some musicians and, and, and have all the money go towards a, a great cause. And, you know, maybe even if you're passionate about sports, try to plan some sort of tournament. Um, I think you should get anyone watching this should get involved with as, as many things as possible because it's just, it's really, really great to be able to, to give back and, and, and show, you know, your appreciation for, for those um, out there. And I, I wanted to share a quote that really speaks home to me. Um, and it's that those, and it's by Booker T Washington. And it's those who are happiest are those who do the most for others. And, I think this this really uh, resonates with me because being able to you know get involved with philanthropy and seeing the smiles on people's faces, having a great time, and and just knowing that the money that is being raised is is going towards helping people, really just makes me so happy. And you know, Marianne and and Abby and and Sarah, you guys you know had some really nice words to say about appreciation and gratitude, and I think all those messages are very very prevalent in that quote. And, and yeah, I, I really just, I'm so thankful to, to be here today to share that and wishing everyone the best. And, and Ellen, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Alex. I mean, you are just a prime example that kindness is cool. Like there you are in your room, you got your sports jerseys, you're into sports, you're just such a, a cool guy and you just give and give and give. And that is, what a great example. So thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Alan. Say hi to Max, who's downstairs. I will. I will. <laughs> thank you so much. So Lindsay, it's time for our Kindness Corner segment with Lindsay at One to Give. Hi, Linz. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, so if we're talking about appreciation, one of the most basic things is, are you living alone? and most seniors are. And maybe sometimes you're getting a bit annoyed with the people that you're spending this time with, but 
Imagine if you didn't have anyone to speak to. Um, weekly, I deliver groceries to vulnerable seniors and more importantly than the groceries, I think they're just so happy to see me and small talk and ask about the weather and each week they wanna know that I'm coming back. We know that seniors in isolation, it can affect their mental health, their physical health. And I think we're all taking for granted if you feel comfortable going to a grocery store or if you're living with your sibling right now, even if you're fighting, you have a friend. So I have two quick, easy calls to action. If there's a senior nearby you, send them a letter, put it at their door, give your contact information, and you know, don't assume they have someone checking on them. Maybe you can do them a favor. Maybe you can get them something at the grocery store or pick up medicine if they need. We're heading into long winter. And I think that little note just saying, I'm your neighbor, I'm checking on you. Um, and a super easy way to reach out to a, a senior in need is there's this awesome website called lettersofisolation.com. And they have an Instagram account too, and I'm gonna share it with everyone. Basically, they send you addresses and you can write letters to seniors who are so excited to get a handwritten card. You might include a drawing, you might just tell them a bit about what's going on in Toronto or wherever you are. And I think that's so powerful that wherever you are, you can be safe and also connect to someone else who might be living alone. Um, as always, I just wanna say that kindness is contagious and thank you, Ellen, for bringing us all together. Thank you so much, Lindsay, what a great idea. Um, so everyone, that wraps up our show tonight. Marianne, thank you for coming. Abby and Sarah, thank you so much. Alex, thank you. Lindsay, thank you as always. Everyone, let's embrace each other. Let's be kind to each other. And let's learn from one another. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, all. Open your heart today.